It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in to another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, as we kick off show number 21, we're preparing for more fall weather, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and we're taking you to the sea by car. In fact, I think we're going to take you there by Jeep, because we have the father from 16 Candles, the man from such classics as Shakes the Clown, Strange Brew, Wimpy from Popeye, and most recently, Sarge from Cars and Cars 2. Yes, we have the one and only Paul Dooley stopping into the show this week. Paul Dooley has a movie and television career that has spanned my entire lifetime and many others, and now he has been immortalized in the Disney Pixar classic Cars and Cars 2 as the one and only Sarge as Wimpy in the Robin Williams Paramount and Disney production of Popeye, the live-action musical that I loved as a kid. And Paul is going to be stopping in this week here at Disney On Demand. In addition, we have the D-Team back. Yes, we have the D-Team back covering all of your favorite Disney topics with Tony and his top five things you didn't know about. Lexi, our D-Team member from Down Under, is going to be digging into the Hollywood history and look over the entire career of the one and only Paul Dooley, our special guest here this week. And let's not forget Jason. Now, Jason has been slightly under the weather, a little ill, but what better time to watch movies? And Jason is back with his Blu-ray and DVD reviews from The Vault. We have a ton of Disney news from TV, movies, parks, all kinds of announcements, and magic that you've come to expect here at Disney On Demand. So, all of you D-heads, as we prepare to take this road trip, we're going to head out along the sea, and we'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. So let's officially kick off Disney On Demand, show number 21, and I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. You don't have to be no fish to tell when you're floundering. What am I? Barnacles on the ding your life. I ain't no doctors, but I know that I'm losing my patience. What am I? Some kind of judge or lawyer? Uh, maybe not, but I know what law suits me. Uh-uh. So what am I? I ain't no physicist, but I know what matters. What am I? I'm Papa, the sailor. But I am, and I am, but I am, and I am, but I am, and that's all that I am, cause I am, and I am. Uh, you got it? I think so, yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I never hurt nobody's, and I'll never tell a lie. Top to me bottoms, from the bottoms to me top. That's the way it is, till the days that I drop. What am I? What am I? I am what I am. What am I? Or not to be, who's asking? I can open up an ocean, I can take a lot of sail, I can lose a lot of waters, and I'll never have to pay. The coast of Madagascar got the whale by the tail.
It's always a challenge um, when you're working on a project like Carsland to be able to take something that is a 2D element and then turn it into a built environment. It's been so fun bringing so many of the artists who designed the movie Cars into the process of designing Cars Land. And they have been just so blown away to see their work brought to life. There were so many things in the film that you may just get a little glimpse of in the backdrop, such as the Radiator Springs is a Happy Place mural that we've got in beautiful full color. When guests first step into Radiator Springs, when they first step into Cars Land and they see that epic backdrop of Ornament Valley. They can explore it. They can go into the buildings and sit down at Flo's V8 Cafe. Step into a curio shop. I think it's going to blow them away. and I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. And I want you to know you're listening to Disney On Demand. Something magical about a parade Little kids and pink lemonade Grown-ups have the best time of their lives There's magic in other things you can do And when you're done and you think you are through You turn around and then there's of a computer are input, memory, control, arithmetic, and logic, and output. And I think we can see demonstrated from these charts that man has done a rather admirable job of imitating the human brain. And uh, even though it's an imitation, in many ways the machine we've developed can operate more if we can ourselves. And now in the past couple of weeks I've been uh, working on a small experiment uh, which is intended to show how we can be replaced by a computer. Hey. This may be a way of getting rid of Dean Higgins. We live in hope, Dexter. <laughs> and now, let's suppose that your parents are going away for the weekend, and uh, they leave you the following instructions. If it's raining tomorrow morning, when you wake up, 
You are to close the windows, open the door and let the cat in, phone the grocer and have him send over the following list of groceries. Right? Well, you wake up in the morning and it is raining. And being the conscientious and reliable young people I know you to be, you promptly forget to do it. <laughs> now, well, I, actually, I'm sure you would do it. But let's see if a computer could also do it. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the kickoff of this week's show for show number 21 of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. It is my honor to be back. I really enjoy bringing these shows to you guys. It's definitely my way of bringing the magic and the fun and all the Disney that's in your home every single week. I mean, you know, that's how it is with me. I'm being a father of four kids, and I just pass down Disney continuously to all those little munchkins that I love so much, and I hope I can capture that Disney in a bottle for you guys and bring that smile to your face every single week. So, this week we have lots of things lined up. We have a very special guest stopping in with the one and only Paul Dooley here for show number 21. So we have all kinds of fun things lined up. So you know what? Let's just jump right into the news that's going on this week within the Disney community before we uh, hit up the rest of the show. And let's kick off with some birthday wishes because these guys have come full circle. We all grew up with Kermit, Miss Piggy, the Muppets themselves. They've also been in the Disney parks. They've left the Disney company and now Disney owns the rights to the Muppets once again. And on this day, in 1936, yes, Jim Henson is celebrating his birthday. Yes, 19 years later after the day Jim Henson was born, with a fabric from his mother's green coat and a sliced ping pong ball, he gave birth to everyone's beloved frog, Kermit. That's right, it is Jim Henson's birthday here this week, so everybody is celebrating and you're having fun. Jim Henson is an icon. He is right up there with Walt Disney. When everybody thinks of the Disney company, you think Uncle Walt. You think of the warm-hearted guy that created all these characters that you know and love. Same thing with Jim Henson. The Muppets need Jim Henson. It just isn't the same without him around. And I do have to say, I always love how he always had the cameos, like during the Muppet family Christmas and whatnot, when you'd see him interact with them. It definitely was true, and he is one of those souls that's up there with Walt Disney that, you know, should always be honored and remembered. Because the Muppets, you know, they're as wholesome as Disney characters themselves. They're as wholesome as Mickey Mouse and everybody else. So, you know what? Happy birthday to you, Jim. You definitely have made memories in my family, in my life, and now I've passed down the Muppets to my own children. And might I add, with Disney taking the Muppets back over, I think they're going to be on a roll with the Muppets coming back in action for an all-new generation. Now, as we push forward, Halloween is right around the corner. Everybody knows that that's my favorite holiday around here, and we have the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Editions coming all month long, kicking off next week with show number 22. And with Halloween right around the corner, it's time to brainstorm with costume ideas. Now, I can already imagine that we're going to have a variety of Captain Jacks. Many Pirates of the Caribbean, some Disney villains, a variety of different people, some Jack Skellington, some maybe some hitchhiking ghosts. I myself am going as the ghost host that you see singing, I Put a Spell on You from Hocus Pocus. So there's a lot of great ideas out there for costumes, and right now they have some great costumes that are available at the Disney Store and in the parks as part of the limited edition Cinderella Costume Collection. Now, this is going to have a variety of different things so your little girl can turn into Cinderella. That's right, you can be transformed by your fairy godmother with a wave of a wand, and you have magical accessories, a wand, glass slippers, and a variety of different things to turn your little girl 
into Cinderella. So you can see a variety of these and all the costumes that are available, including one that I know my son is going to be, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. You can find them all at the Disney Store official website at DisneyStore.com. You can also find them inside the parks for a variety of you that are down there enjoying the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And might I add, I'm still... Ah, I wish I could be there this year. It's the first year missing it, and I wish I could be there with you. But hey, I'll see you all in December when we come for the new Fantasyland opening. Now also, since we're speaking of Cinderella, let's not forget that the Cinderella Diamond Edition Blu-ray and DVD is getting released next week. Yes, October 2nd is the day that we are going to be able to get Cinderella fully restored. All kinds of bonus features, a digital copy, a DVD, and the Blu-ray edition of Cinderella. Now this is a limited release and you know if you want to upgrade a variety of these classics to Blu-ray you gotta do it and you gotta do it right and this is a limited edition and there is even the enhanced edition where you can actually get a Cinderella jewelry box for your little girl as well. I know Best Buy has a variety of things where they have an exclusive metal steel case for Cinderella so a lot of great things. Definitely check it out and that's getting released next week on October 2nd. So if you have your pre-sales in, your pre-orders at the Disney Store, you're going to get your lithograph, all your fun things. And and if you haven't, head on out and pick it up next week. Now, since we're speaking of princesses, let's keep moving along here. And how about everybody watching Jake Saves Bucky? Yes, Jake is not a princess. But for Talk Like a Pirate Day, everybody was watching Jake Saves Bucky, especially my two boys. And Disney had a commercial for their newest and youngest princess to make her grand debut on November 17th at 7 p.m. Yes, Princess Sophia, who's aimed at children ages 2 to 7 years old, is going to make her premiere in her own movie, Sophia the First, Once Upon a Princess. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, a while back we talked with Jim Cummings, Bill Farmer, and a variety of other talented voice actors on our previous shows, and a couple of them were working on this and being part of Sophia the First, so... You know, you might have already had a hint at this, but it is going to be her first full-length movie in order to introduce us to her series that is going to be coming. And the film is going to be on the Disney Channel and then again on Disney Junior on November 22nd at 9 a.m. Now, Sophia is just a normal girl, and the world is Enchantia until one day her mother marries the king, turning her overnight into Princess Sophia. Now, the movie is set to be, in essence, a Sophia finding herself as Sophia finding her way as a new Disney princess. She even finds some guidance to the job from a special cameo from Cinderella in this film. And you may also notice the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty play a significant role throughout the movie as well. So you're kind of crossbreeding a variety of different Disney princesses there, including some that talk to animals. So there's a lot of great things in there that are tying all the princesses together. It's a great way for Disney to continue on with the princess line. And Sophia the First has a star-studded cast. It has Wayne Brady. It has Tim Gunn and Ariel Winter from Modern Family as the voice of Sophia. So do you think she is worthy enough to be a Disney princess? I guess we'll have to wait and find out when it debuts on Sunday, November 17th on the Disney Channel. Now, since we are talking about Halloween and all the spooky things out there in the vein of Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, Halloween Town series, and more, Disney doesn't stop this October as they're kicking off their month-long celebration, much like us here at the show, on all their Halloween shows on the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. And first up is an all-new Disney Channel original movie, Girl vs. Monster. Now, if you don't like the Disney Channel movies, you think they're kind of hokey, come on, we all grew up with these. So just set aside that you are an adult now because everybody always says, hey, 
It's just not the same as when I was a kid or things like that. You know what, though? Our parents were saying the exact same things while we were watching Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, okay? They were comparing it to Kurt Russell and the computer wore tennis shoes and a variety of that stuff. So these are great for the new generation of Disney Channel lovers. Yes, I do agree that the Disney Channel isn't the same, but you know what? As Walt Disney would say, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. And with that, the all-new Halloween edition with Girl vs. Monster is coming. Olivia Holt stars in the new Disney Channel movie, Girl vs. Monster, and the movie is going to premiere on Disney Channel on October 12th, and there's currently trailers everywhere throughout the Disney Channel websites, the Disney Family websites, and it looks like it's going to be a great movie. I mean, it is going to be fun. It's much like, uh, I guess, Monster Squad. If you remember Monster Squad, if you're part of my generation, it is much like Monster Squad. It's a bunch of young kids uh, fighting off monsters, really bonding the roles, coming together as friendships, the underdogs, saving your parents. It's a lot like Monster Squad, and it is going to be fun. Now, if you want to find out more and all the different premiere dates that this is going to happen, aside from just October 12th, you can find it all on the official Disney Channel website. Now, since we are talking about movies, let's move to the big screen and a movie that I have just been excited about for quite some time, and I'm still not sure on the cast, but I am pretty excited about it, and Saving Mr. Banks. Now, you may have seen this posted in a variety of different blogs and websites, but if you didn't, because I know, like myself, it's hard to read everything and keep up. That's the joy of a podcast. You can listen to it while you're driving and enjoying some tunes and a variety of different things. Well, Saving Mr. Banks has officially set to begin production in Los Angeles. Yes, Disney has officially begun production on Saving Mr. Banks. Now, this is the account of the Walt Disney's 20-year pursuit to the film rights of P.L. Travers' popular novel, Mary Poppins. Now, this is going to follow their crazy friendship over the years as Walt Disney pursued P.L. Travers for quite some time about getting those rights to Mary Poppins, and we all know how it went down in history in the end. Mary Poppins is a beloved classic. It is something that, seriously, the Sherman Brothers, the music, Dick Van Dyke, Julie Andrews, the animation... You know, Mary Poppins went on to be a Disney classic. Now, two-time Academy Award winner Tom Hanks is going to be the lead role of Walt Disney. I'm not sure about this, but it is the first time that Walt Disney is ever going to be portrayed on film. You heard me correct. I'm kind of excited about it. At least they picked an actor that might be able to pull it off. You know, but it is the first time that Walt Disney is being portrayed in a movie. So this is pretty exciting right here, you know, and they're going to have Oscar Award winner Emma Thompson as the role of P.L. Travers. Now, there's going to be a variety of different people that are going to be on board of this, and they're also going to have sibling composers Richard and Robert Sherman, who I personally was able to meet many, many times, and I love their, seriously, I love their music, their scores. And this is going to follow a variety of different storylines of how he continued after her for many years. Colin Farrell is attached to this. Ruth Wilson. I mean, there's a lot of great people attached to this. But now it has officially begun production. And Saving Mr. Banks is going to be directed by John Lee Hancock, who many might know that name from The Blind Side and The Rookie. And it's based on a screenplay by Kelly Marcel, who's the creator of Fox's TV's Terra Nova, and from the story of Sue Smith, who does Brides of Christ and Bastard Boys, and Kelly Marcel. Now, the film is being produced by Allison Owen of Ruby Films, so this is going to be definitely fun. They are working together on this, and Saving Mr. Banks will film entirely in the Los Angeles area with key locations to include Disneyland and the Disney Studios in Burbank. And the filming will conclude around Thanksgiving of 2012 with no specific 2013 release date. 
All I can say is I'm excited for this one because I'm a fan of Walt Disney the Man, and my Walt Disney autograph is probably one of my prized possessions in my house. Now, continuing on with movies and, you know, fawning over the great Walt Disney here, Uncle Walt, our friend for everybody here who left us a great legacy, how about Wreck-It Ralph and the all-new Wreck-It Ralph posters? Now, there's all-new posters for Wreck-It Ralph that is coming out. If you haven't had a chance, check out the trailers. It is fantastic. And some of the new posters that are promoting this film that is hitting the theaters on November 2nd have classic, classic games involved, including Cubert and Street Fighter. Now, the official Disney Parks blog has announced today that Wreck-It Ralph characters are also going to be available for meet-and-greets coming up in the upcoming weeks to coincide with the movie getting released. So this is going to happen at the Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida, November 2012. Now, located inside the magic of the Disney animation at Disney's Hollywood Studios, might I add, one of my favorite places to be, you're going to step through the Game Central Station catching glimpses of various game worlds from the film on your way to Sugar Rush, where you can meet Ralph, who's waiting there to meet you, and basically have fun, get some autographs, and if you had a chance before, that's also where you got a chance to meet Lotso and many other uh, people from Toy Story 3. So that's coming up to coincide with Wreck-It Ralph and... Like I said, I'm pretty excited for Wreck-It Ralph to be coming uh, our way very soon. Now, as I continue on rambling here and I keep going on and on and on, let's just uh, you know wrap up with a couple more things. And how about Frank and Weenie? Now, we all love Frank and Weenie, and some of you younger Disney fans out there might not remember that Tim Burton did make that film back in the 80s as a short film. It's probably the film that uh, got him fired, or not really fired, but encouraged him to leave the Disney studios back in the day. But now everybody knows that he is creating the all-new Frankenweenie stop-motion film. Well, Tim Burton's much-anticipated Frankenweenie is hitting the screens next month, and Disney Publishing has turned to Apple's iBooks to create an interactive, behind-the-scenes look at the film. Now, I know you're thinking right away, how much is this going to cost me? Well, it's a free interactive book. Yes, you heard me correct. It is a free interactive book, Frankenweenie, an electrifying book, and it features videos, music, and original sketches that show how the movie about the boy named Victor and his dog Sparky were brought to life once again. And no, it wasn't entirely through the Frankenstein efforts of thunderstorm, generated electricity, and mad designs of appliances and science and just crazy household items. Now, the book is available for the iPad absolutely free, and it looks at how the 1984 live-action short serves as a basis for this full-length stop-motion movie that is hitting the theaters on October 5th next week. Now, award-winning actor Martin Landau, who voices one of the characters in the new films, offers a foreword to the book, which also introduces several hundred puppets of the film's new fictional town of New Holland. Now, the new ebook also has a look at the Art of Frankenweenie exhibition, which is now on display in Anaheim, California. And in a press release about the digital book, Vice President of Digital Media at Disney Publishing Worldwide said, Using iBooks author, Disney Publishing was able to include more digital content than ever before, including previews of animated storyboards documenting the transition from sketch to screen. Like I said, this is absolutely free. Definitely check it out. And this is the first time that Disney Publishing has used the application to create a 100% e-book. So all of you D-heads out there, there's a variety of things going on within the Disney community. Like I said, there's always great people that cover this. I just like to give you the news in a nutshell here. And there, there is some more that I will cover, but... I've been rambling for quite some time, and we have Tony in the Wings, our DT member from Disney by the Numbers, with the top five things you didn't know about. And we also have Paul Dooley, Wimpy, 
Sarge from Cars, The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, I mean, Shakes the Clown, Strange Brew, and he's going to be stopping in very shortly as well. So, all of you D-heads, I'll quit my rambling. I'm going to get something to drink here, you know. I'm a little parched, a little thirsty here, and I'm going to drink something out of my Maleficent mug. So, sit back, enjoy, have some tunes, hear the D-team, and I'll be back in a little bit. If everyone makes some room Won't you move over and share this world Everyone make some room Even a dragon deserves a place A wide open space with no rays No chains He wants to play games Dance with you Give him a chance to sing his song Stranger in search of a friend From an ant to a bird To a buffalo herd Let them walk and fly and roam Step aside, let them live It's simple to give Like us, they just need a home There's room for everyone in this world some room. Let's all move over and share this world. Everyone make some room. Just think how far out the ocean goes. The whirling wind blows shore to shore, door to door. Think of the valleys and mountaintops. The earth never stops. So deep, so high, with miles of sky, we all have part of the Hey, D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Cooper and their dealings with...
addressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that Cree, Crew, Virgo, Geba, Calto, Cree. Pirates. Malarkey. Blackbeard himself was a phony. <laughs> Probably some chicken-livered little pipsqueak that built up a reputation scaring old women and children. Chicken-livered pipsqueak, is it? A remark spoke slighting like that could raise a man's blood now, could it not? I don't think you're real, I don't think that sword is real, and I'm going to walk right through it and go to bed. Try it, mate. Oh. It's real. Who called me out? I'm a kind of a ghost, you know. In limbo. Caught twixt this world and the next. Beholden to that spell which brings me to your eyes only. <laughs> Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. Backwards. I can do it, it's do- 
Ocean's Alley XBS Fragilicalarupus. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Until your tongue, until you hear the word is very delicious. And the next time, if you say it real loud, it makes it sound precocious. And the first half, we're all having fun and you don't want to miss this. Let's take an undiddly Hey D-Heads, I'm Tony Castle from Disney by the Numbers, and welcome to this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About Cars Land. Number 5. 525 feet is the approximate length of the Route 66 that runs through Cars Land. Number 4. 1,800 signs and other graphic elements were used and created for the Cars Land at the California Adventure. Number 3. 16 neon signs were created for Cars Land. Number two, six distinct car tail fins are represented in the Ornament Valley mountain range. And the number one thing you did not know about Cars Land is 280,000 square feet of rock work was completed at Cars Land, making Ornament Valley mountain range the largest rock work created in a domestic Disney people. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. You are listening to the Disney Blue Podcast. And remember, it's second star to the right and on till morning. Alright, I'm back once again, all of you D-heads, and you knew you couldn't get rid of me that fast. We have all kinds of things lined up as we are waiting for Sarge, we're waiting for Wimpy, and we have the one and only Paul Dooley stopping in very shortly here at Disney On Demand. I also want to thank Tony once again from Disney By The Numbers for stopping in with the top five things you didn't know about. Definitely check out his official website at DisneyByTheNumbers.com where you can get all kinds of crazy stats and more from the theme parks, everything from flowers, garbage disposal, costumes, and more. Definitely check it out at DisneyByTheNumbers.com. Thank you, Tony, once again for being part of the D-team here at the show. So, all VT heads, I already rambled your ear off with all kinds of industry news. Everything from movie news and, let's see, uh, DVDs and television and a lot more. But there's a lot of things on the Disney horizon so far. And before I release the reins to Lexi, our DT member from Down Under, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And let's talk about fall. Now, it is no secret, and I talked about it last time here at Disney On Demand, that fall and Halloween is my favorite time of the year. Well, sometimes getting in touch with nature is the simplest way to bring families together. And what can you do right now? Well, if you go to the Disney websites, there's a variety of different things that you can do in order to get in the fall mood. Now, myself, being a father of four children, 
This past weekend, we picked pumpkins. Yes, we went pumpkin picking in the pumpkin patch. We had some fun, and we did something where it's called fill your car. So you, it's a flat rate, you fill your car, and let's just say the wife and I drive separately. She drives the kids, I drive myself, and when we were done, we picked 103 pumpkins in the Johnson household. Yes, you heard me right, 103 pumpkins. And it all comes out to about 68 cents a pumpkin. You can see the pictures on our Instagram. You can also see a couple of them on our Facebook page as well. So it was definitely a fun time. But Halloween and doing those kind of things and making memories is very, very important. Those are the kind of memories that you do to keep life alive, to keep everything together with your family and to have those little magical moments in your own life. And right now they have a variety of different activities from apple picking, outdoor adventures, and they even have kinds of games that you can play outside like Mickey Checker templates. There's also a variety of printables where you can get warm and fuzzy feelings with the Disney characters. You can have Bambi, Winnie the Pooh, and make a variety of paper lanterns that they have so you can get things glowing. Now what are you going to do on rainy days in the fall? We all know that it does rain pretty often. Well how about Mickey's tabletop football? There's also a variety of different things including Mickey and Friends activity books, Aurora's coloring pages, and more including many, many recipes. So there's a variety of different things that you can do to get in line, get in the order, and just make those fall memories. And if you want to find out more about it, definitely search the Disney website and you can find it all there. Now also speaking of fall and fall decor, the Disney Store. And at DisneyStore.com, if you don't have one in your area, they have a variety of brand new items just for Halloween right now. And you can get those at the Disney Store website at DisneyStore.com. And they have a variety of different things from the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Items, Haunted Mansion, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Haunted Mansion uh, t-shirts, and a variety of different awesome things for fall, including a fantastic Pluto and Donald Duck glowing lantern candle holder. I personally love that one myself. Now also, if you want to find Disney online as part of Facebook and you have a new edition, like myself and I have Princess Emma, who's now three months old here at Disney On Demand, there's facebook.com slash Disney Baby. So if you want to stay connected on how to have the magic and the memories and everything kick off right away, as soon as that baby is born, you can do that right now at facebook.com slash Disney Baby. So definitely check it out, like it, and get a variety of different things right there on their website now moving into a little bit of park news keeping it flowing right here because i see the lines flashing yes paul is officially calling in right now so i see the lines flashing so a couple of different park news so far this week soon guests are going to be able to interact with big thunder mountain railroad in a new immersive queue now as of today there's an exciting new update that something is brewing in the works in frontierland at the Magic Kingdom Park in Walt Disney World and Disneyland in Big Thunder Mountain. It is about to get an interactive queue. Now, many of us love Big Thunder Mountain. It is my daughter's first roller coaster, as it is many of our first roller coasters as part of the parks, and now they're going to have that interactive queue. Now, also, there is a time-lapse video that has been released. We can watch the two new castles at Walt Disney World as part of the new Fantasyland expansion, Go Up and Emerge. Yes, now you can look at the Fantasyland as it originally was and as it looks today in a new time-lapse video that has been released from the Disney Parks blog. Now, also with a variety of different things happening at the parks, there's the all-new Storybook Circus signs that are up. And now you can see the poster art, complete signage, a variety of different fun things as you enter the Storybook Circus. Because the opening day of December 6th for the all-new Fantasyland is right around the corner. And might I add, we are going to be there. So if you want to meet up, definitely shoot me an email and let me know. 
because I will be there with the Johnson family and all my pirates and princesses right there with me. So there's a variety of different things that are happening. Now also, the Alice in Wonderland Kids Splash Playground has officially opened at the Grand Floridian Resort. Now we've seen this under construction for quite some time, and as I always mention, there's a variety of fantastic Disney websites that are out there that already cover the parks, so definitely check those out. There's WDW Magic, Be Our Guest Podcast, Inside the Magic, WDW Radio with Lou Mangiello. So there's a lot of great ones that already do it, but I want to give you, a, you know, just my own little two cents. And the Alice in Wonderland Kids Splash Play area has officially opened at the Grand Floridian Resort. So now your kids can go there, have some fun, splash it up, and and have a giant Mad Hatter hat dump some water on them. And finally, the last piece of park news I'm going to bring you is the all-new Tron-styled SIM cards are ready for test track. Yes, they have been spotted, and now you can see these all-new cars as part of the re-envisioning, the new vision of test track that is taking in the new SIM cars. And let me tell you, they look a lot like Tron, which I personally love. I am excited for Test Track to reopen as part of Tron. So all of you D-heads out there, since I see the line already flashing for Paul Dooley, I'm about to release the reins once more to our D-team member from Down Under, Lexi, as she's going to stop in, give us a little bit of a history of the career, the times, the life of the one and only Paul Dooley, our guest here this week. So before I do that, I do want your two cents. What's your favorite part of the parks? What's your favorite Disney movie? What's your favorite family memory with your children and your husband and your wife or you name it? Please call it in to the Magical Memories Hotline and you can hear yourself here on the show. Even give us feedback or anything at all at 641-715-3900 extension 937184 and you can also find that number right there on the talk to us link found at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com so call it in and hear yourself here on the show and definitely check out our full archives all of our past shows and more at dizradio.com so all of you d-heads i'm going to stop my rambling I'm going to release the reins overseas to our D-team member from Down Under, the beautiful and gracious Lexi, with a little bit more about Paul Dooley. And next time you hear me, yes, I am going to be with Wimpy. I'm going to be chowing down a hamburger, and I'm going to be taking a road trip with Sarge, as we're going to have Paul Dooley here on the line. Be right back, all VT heads. Ah, salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, Too close, a little too close. There. Welcome to Agrabah, city of mystery, of enchantment. The finest merchandise this side of the River Jordan, on sale today. Come on down. <laughs> Look at this. Yes. <laughs> Combination hookah and coffee maker. Also make julienne fries. Will that break? Will that... It broke. Oh, look at this. I have never seen one of these intact before. This is the famous Dead Sea Tupperware. Listen. Ah. Still good. (laughs) Wait, don't go. I can see that you are only interested in the exceptionally rare. I think then you would be most rewarded to consider this. Do not be fooled by his commonplace appearance. Like so many things, it is not what is outside, but what is inside that counts. This is no ordinary lamp. It once changed the course of a young man's life. A young man who liked this lamp was more than what he seemed. A diamond in the rough.
I'm going to Disney World. Yes, you can too with Diz on Demand on Live365.com. Enjoy our virtual Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and more as you enjoy the parks once more in order from start to finish. Full attractions, parades, loops, and more. So, say it with me. I'm going to Disney World with Diz on Demand on Live365.com. special guest is a true Hollywood legend, Paul Dooley. He has had an extremely vibrant career as an actor, a writer, and a comedian. He is definitely a triple threat and more. For us D-heads, Paul's most exciting work is his role as the voice of Sarge in Cars and Cars 2, that cranky character on the surface but with a real heart of gold. There is definitely something truly human about Sarge. He is misunderstood, wise, and full of stories from the past, all wrapped up in the one character. I think that is what makes Cars so great. We can all see a bit of ourselves in each character, and it's so fun getting to be in a completely abstract world. Who wouldn't want to be the voice of a talking car? I had so much fun researching and learning more about Paul Dooley, and let me tell you, he is one exciting man. Each week, as I research Disney family members, I realize that each one is so unique and talented, but their work reaches far beyond what they are famous for. Everyone in the Disney family seems to be so experienced, not only in Hollywood, but in wanting to give back to the world, and everyone strives above and beyond. I'm so lucky that I get to learn more about the Disney family, and even luckier that I get to share it with all you D-heads. There truly is something special about Disney and the family of incredible cast members. So here is a little background information of this week's special Diz Radio guest, Paul Dooley. As a kid growing up in West Virginia, Paul was an avid cartoonist. He loved cartooning so much that he was a regular feature in a local newspaper. Then Paul developed his talent for acting in college, but was close to living a Navy life I'm so grateful that college called instead. After school, Paul adventured across the world of stand-up comedy and into various kinds of theatre, always testing himself and striving to improve. After a great deal of experience on stage, Paul was discovered in New York by Mike Nichols, who gave him a lead role in the 1965 Broadway production The Odd Couple, that is, opposite Walter Matthau, of course. After that, Paul was quick to find success on the stage as a comedic actor. He really did jump from strength to strength. But it didn't all happen overnight. A lot of hard work went into establishing his rich career. Before his Broadway debut, Paul Dooley was a stand-up comedian for a number of years and also worked as a clown and a magician. So, from a young age, Paul had interest in comedy and seeing the smiles across his audience. To me, that is a clear sign of a true entertainer. So it wasn't long until Hollywood came calling. As we can see, Paul's acting work in classics like Sixteen Candles, 
Popeye, and Breaking Away. Paul's acting has always been received with raving reviews. For his role in Sixteen Candles, opposite Molly Ringwald, critics proclaimed that, as Molly Ringwald's distracted yet sympathetic father, Dooley endeared himself to an entire generation of young people. After the success of the fatherly character in Sixteen Candles, Paul became Hollywood's favourite dad and found himself playing a range of famous parental characters, including the father of Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride. However, it isn't only the movies that we can see Paul in. He has also had a wealth of TV roles in comedies like Curb Your Enthusiasm, ALF and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And Paul also starred in his own TV sitcom, Coming of Age. After that, he even guest starred in Desperate Housewives, The Golden Girls and Bewitched, among a wealth of other shows too. Well, Paul really has been a Hollywood legend, and he really did deserve his two Emmy nominations. Here's an interesting fact. From his early days in comedy troupes, improvising became Paul's passion. He once said that he makes his living doing movies and television, but improv he does for the love of it. It is because of Paul's incredible comedic wit and dedication to his craft that he has been so successful and lovable. Can you believe that he has appeared in more than 500 TV commercials and nearly a thousand radio spots too? On stage, on screen, and even voice work and screenplay writing, Paul Dooley has done it all and with amazing success. So thanks Paul, you make Disney that little bit more magical. see the world with me. You mean it? It is my absolute honor to introduce to you the first ever World Grand Prix. Go McQueen! Oh, that's funny right there. Just See you at the race. Yes, you will see, Francesco. Like this. He is so getting beat tomorrow. These Americans are clearly master spies. Excuse me, ma'am. This cannot be him. Is he American? Look out, lady. Major's fitting again funky. Extremely. Then it's him. Finn Mac Missile. British intelligence. Go, Major. Average intelligence. McQueen and Francesco duel for that inside line as they head toward the first turn. Lightning McQueen cannot win the race. Instead of saying a chow, he's gonna go kaboom. McQueen needs your help, Mater. You know I'm just a tow truck. It's his cover. <laughs> Brilliant. Am I missing something? No one realizes they're being fooled because they're too busy laughing at the fool. Is that how you see me? That's how everyone sees you. Isn't that the idea? Mater! I'm sticking by you the way you always stick by me! You ready? Is the Pope-mobile Catholic? Don't you care, though? You gotta be kidding me. You might think I'm crazy. Hang on with me. It's the American spy gun. Now or never. To have some gum. Gatling gun. Request acknowledged. That's your Shoot, I didn't mean it. Request acknowledged. I didn't mean that guy to shoot. 
deploying shoot. Make me a German truck. Request acknowledged. Check it out. I'm wearing Mater Hoosier. Make me a monster truck. Request acknowledged. What the? <laughs> you boys have a nice nap? Well, uh... How's it going? You're doing a great job for me here, but I have a special assignment for you. Uh, uh, my daughter, you know, Pamela... She's having her birthday, and I want to deliver a couple of kegs, very special kegs, for the party. Geez, he's got beer in them, these big kegs? Beer? Oh, yes, beer for, for the party. Now, here, look, here's a map, and uh, you must follow this route precisely, be because uh, otherwise you'll, you'll get lost and she'll be disappointed. Hey, where are you guys going, eh? What? Shh, get out of here. Get hey, Rosie, we're going to Pam's birthday. You coming? Uh, it's a business trip. They're going on a business trip. <laughs> okay, so we just go down to Lakeside Park here, right? Eh? Uh, that's right. It's right at the bottom of the hill. You can't miss it. It's right at the bottom of the big hill. Join me together. Get that the way. Are you ready for a party? Then it's time to get started. It's a paper race. Let me hear you scream Camera. 
action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright, all of you Disney fans, we're back with another installment of Disney On Demand. And this week, as we're reliving the magic, the memories, and all the people that help all the magic happen for all of you listeners out there, we have somebody that is a veteran when it comes to movies, television, with such classics as being part of Sixteen Candles, Runaway Bride, Cars, Popeye, and many other television series and more. We have the one and only... Paul Dooley with us here this week on the show. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure to have you on. You know, it's just a longtime fan here, you know, all of our Disney fans, and I know that everybody is just really ecstatic to hear, you know, about your entire career, your legacy. So I guess going back, uh, you know, how did you get started in acting and, you know, pursuing this as a direction for uh, pretty much your entire legacy that everybody has come to know and love? Well, in answer to how did I get started, the answer is very slowly because... As you know, the first year or two with most actors, uh, you know, are scrambling around just trying to get agents and things. I spent uh, nine years before I could give up my part-time jobs. didn't mean I wasn't working in show business. It just meant that I'd, I'd do show business for two weeks and be out of work for two months. And, and they were farther apart than they needed to be to pay the rent and all that. So while I was doing part-time jobs, I was also acting. But I started off-Broadway and did a number of off-Broadway shows, one of them being the famous Three Penny Opera. And uh, Beatrice Arthur was in that with me, and John Astin and Charlotte Ray, who all became well-known later. Uh, later on, I did uh, Second City uh, with uh, Alan Arkin and Barbara Harris and a lot of famous people, Joan Rivers. And, uh, and I did a Broadway show with Mike Nichols, The Odd Couple, The Original Odd Couple with Walter Matthau and uh, Art Carney as Felix. And uh, I made a tons and tons of commercials in New York, which is a good way to pay your rent and, and being afford to live uh, when you're an actor, because mostly New York just has legitimate theater. Most of the TV and movies are in Hollywood, of course. So you have to supplement your income by commercials, which I did a lot of them. I was happy with it. I enjoyed them. Those residuals are really quite delicious. But I came out here about, I don't know, uh, for good about 25 years ago. But even then, back in the old days, I used to come out here and do Get Smart and Bewitched and a number of different shows. I would come out for a couple of weeks and do a, a, a guest shot on some television show. But I've done a little bit of everything, including being a stand-up comic in my late 20s. I was on The Tonight Show before there was a Johnny Carson on it. <laughs> a host named uh, Jack Parr. But once I found Second City where I could do my comedy with other actors, that's when I gave up the road and stopped being a stand-up. Well, that's a, that's in a, a nutshell. That's some of my career. Right. You know, and like I said, you know, you are part of, you know, many things that are just staples when it comes to television history and movies and many other things. And, you know, you've come around to that point where, you know, your hands are in so many different things and, you know, so many classics and iconic movies and, uh, you know, roles. And of course, you know, I, I guess all of our Disney fans are probably going to be waiting on me to get on this one. So I guess we should just jump right into the Disney Pixar, of course, being part of Cars, I guess. When it came to doing the role in Cars and Cars Part Two, um, uh, how were you approached for that? And you know, was it something that you just thought was going to be a, a fantastic role to begin with, and you know, be ecstatic to be part of something like that? Well, I love everything Pixar's done. I mean, everything they've made is a blockbuster, uh, and uh, just uh, you know, outstandingly direct, uh, um, wonderful from the very beginning. Uh, and I was thrilled to be called by them, both for Cars 1 and Cars 2. Uh, I'm playing a Jeep, which is, is called Sarge. He's the oldest car and the oldest, I was the oldest actor in the movie. 
But when they told me he was a World War II jeep, and he, you know, had service over there, and I was in World War II, and uh, it wasn't really much of a reach to play him, you know. I had a little gravel to my voice because I figured a guy who had been out there fighting out right out on the battlefield as a jeep and getting shot at would be a very tough a tough cookie, you know, and he's a sergeant, so I figured I gave it a little bit of gruffness like this, you know. <laughs> and not only, of course, am I uh, in the uh, two movies, but I'm down at Disneyland and Cars Land. You can, you can hop in a car, which is a replica of uh, the Jeep, Sarge, me, and you hear my voice talking to you about the trip you're going to take. Right. Now, when you were doing this role, of course, like you said, you could relate to it, you know, being a vet yourself, which, you know, I have to say that I'm always honored to speak with a vet. You know, it's very important to our country. I will say that. So, um, but, uh, you know, being part of Cars, Cars 2, Cars Land, um, did you ever just think that it was going to expand so much, especially with the well reception that Cars Land has now gotten? Um, is it, do you ever just do you find yourself in amazement just you know looking back at um, how this these two films have just come? You know they can make toys uh, come to life, and Disney used to make little animals come to life years ago. Uh, so I'm not surprised about about, little, about Finding Nemo and Toy Story and some of those things. But when you think, how, how alive can you make a car? So I was astounded. I remember being impressed with the first few frames of Cars 1 where the camera was, in effect, down by the lower left wheel of the car, which sometimes they'll do in a special movie. You know, they'll put a camera on the car sticking out on the side and catch it from very low down at a low angle. When I saw those wheels, I thought, this is an animation. That's a real car. And in the first few minutes, you have shots of the car with the camera shooting at very low and very close to the tires. And I almost couldn't believe it was animation that was so real. With the, You know, they're able to make the thing gleam like it's metal. I mean, they're just geniuses, of course. And John Lasseter was at the recording, so I got to meet him and work with him. And it's just an outstanding thing, you know. I've seen every one they've made often a couple of times with my grandchildren. Right, you know, and I guess, you know, when they're watching it, of course, uh, is it one of those things where it is a, a proud moment where, of course, they know, hey, that's Grandpa, but at the same time, they just get lost in the character themselves? Oh, yeah, they they get a sort of a vicarious kick out of having me be the voice of an animated cartoon. <laughs> they both, they've, uh, I have two grandkids here and one back in Massachusetts, and they've also seen it more than once. And, of course, I sent them DVDs. <laughs> I also have another background, uh, another part of my background, which uh, young people would, uh, not young people now, but older people who were then young would relate to. I was the head writer and the creator of the television show, The Electric Company, which taught reading to children back in the 70s. Yes, I remember watching that growing up in reruns, actually, in the early 80s, as it was uh, carried over on PBS. So, uh, great show. Morgan Freeman Freeman was on it for seven years, and Bill Cosby, and Rita Moreno. Right, I mean, fantastic shows. I mean, it was always a good time to educate kids, you know, using those outlets and knowing you're part of that. I mean, that, I guess, looking back at that, too, knowing that you had a hand in, I guess, helping educate children and and things like that. Yeah, it was fun. Right, it, it has to feel good. I told my... A girlfriend at the time, I said, I came home from working there, and I said, finally, I'm doing something with all I've learned about comedy. I'm now doing it for good instead of evil. <laughs> instead of just getting laughs in a nightclub or something, or on a stage, I was doing it where there might be a, a greater purpose. And uh, 
it was great fun. I enjoyed it. And I just stayed the first year and a half and created the show and all the characters, and it continued for seven years. Right. You know, and uh, I guess, you know, going through uh, a lot of things that you've done, like you said, you know, writing and other movies and things like that, we also asked a lot of our listeners, um, you know, roles that they thought were very, uh, I guess, memorable roles of yours that they loved. And one of those was, of course, uh, being wimpy in Popeye with Robin Williams, a very young Robin Williams at the time. Um, I guess. first movie, I think. I believe it was, and it was also the Disney Paramount uh, production. I guess, you know, bringing that, that to life, um, you know, I think it's an underrated film. It was a great musical. I guess, how did it feel bringing, you know, Wimpy to life from, uh, you know, comic book to the big screen? Well, what was exciting about it is this. From the time I was about 12 until I was about 18, all I wanted to be was a cartoonist. So I was a boy cartoonist, and I had a comic strip in my hometown paper and in my uh, college humor magazine, and I submitted the... Uh, panel cartoons, you know, to different magazines of the time. So I was in love with the Popeye strip and all the other comic strips of those days with the Cats and Jammer Kids and Blondie and Dagwood and all of those famous ones that came out of that period, the 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, so to then uh, play a cartoon character in a movie, and by the way, the screenplay was written by Jules Pfeiffer himself, a cartoonist, and a very famous one who grew up also uh, idolizing Popeye and the comic strips. So uh, it was really a thrill. And when we were doing the promotional tour around the country just before the opening of Popeye, they let me go up to Connecticut and spend a Sunday afternoon with the guy who did the drawing of Popeye. He wasn't the creator, but after the creator passed away, this guy had done it for the last 20 or 25 years. So I sat in the studio with the guy who drew Popeye, and that was a big thrill for me. Right, you know, and the film itself was, you know, like I said, it's a great, memorable, classic film. And, you know, rumor has it that they are bringing Popeye back to life to the big screen again. So, you know, at least that character is one that's enduring. When you have a good character, a good series of panel of characters like Wimpy, Popeye, Olive Oil, it's good to know that they're still going to be around for future generations to come. Yeah, you know, somehow because animation is getting so successful that cartoons are now more successful and more talked about in graphic novels. And uh, cartooning is making a resurgence. So they're beginning, they're making a lot of, uh, what is that called, Tintin, the one they made? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, which is a European cartoon. And more and more, they're, they're, they're going into that. Look at Batman and Superman and all those things. They were comic strips, and they're becoming franchises. Definitely. Now, you know, stepping aside from, you know, animation and movies and going into television, you know, many of the different things you're involved with, too, are really hot shows now. Like, you you know, you've been on the client list with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. You've also been in Hot in Cleveland, of course, with Betty White's resurg- with resurgence in uh, popularity, I guess. How does it feel to be uh, kind of all over the small screen once again as well? Because I feel like every time we're turning through the channels, uh, we're seeing uh, Mr. Dooley up there on the screen. I kind of, uh, I not only work with Betty White in uh, uh, Hot in Cleveland, but she was my wife in, uh, in the client list, although I passed away and she was happy to see me go and she had a boyfriend on the side. <laughs> but I worked with her twice and I also worked twice in the Golden Girls, so I know those girls very well. And um, it was kind of a thrill, you know, and before that, a few months back, I'd done private practice and then before that I did uh, Grey's Anatomy and uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of television guest shots. 
Right, you know, and like I said, you know, every time we're going through the the small screen there, we're seeing your name pop up, which of course is going to bring me to, you know, current projects and items like that. If there's anything that you can clue us into where we're going to be able to either hear you or see you or uh, uh, anything that you can let us in as to current projects that you have coming up. Well, I haven't got anything on film or television. However, I'm going uh, in three days to Scotland for the Fringe Festival. And in the last year, I've been working on a nightclub act. As I say, years ago, I had a nightclub act in my 20s and early 30s, and I gave it up to get more into theater and Second City improvisation and and movies and so forth and television. But uh, in the last few years, I started working on a new act, kind of based on being an older man, and I do a lot of humor about how old I am and and what I'm going to do partly at the film festival, at the Fringe Festival in Scotland, starting next week, really, I'm leaving on Monday is to uh, do some of my act over there in some of the theaters and venues in uh, in Edinburgh. And, and it must be one of those things where it will feel pretty good to, you know, just sit there and perform once again in front of a live audience and have some fun with it and, uh, you know, just really have a blast once again. Yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I've been doing it, playing it in a little... Uh, nightclubs around town not for like a week or two bookings but you go in for one night and do it and you go to another club another night and i've done it about a, a dozen times in the last few months and kind of uh, polishing it and, and working on my act about this old comedian but yeah. i'm enjoying it a lot because of the live audiences i also have a couple of cult films that college kids like one is called shakes the clown with bobcat goldthwaite and one's called strange brew with uh with uh, Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas, you know, from the SCTV days. And a lot of kids in college love those, I suppose, partly because they're about drinking. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up Strange Brew, uh, definitely because we do have Dave Thomas stopping in here on the show in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, Strange Brew is a fantastic film, very fun. Like you said, it does have a cult following, along with Shakes the Clown. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess being part of those films, knowing that, it's something that just keeps getting passed down. It's almost like initiation, um, you know, when the older kids show it to the younger ones, and it just keeps getting passed down and passed down. I guess. Yeah, and of course, uh, I'm ex Second City, and and uh, Dave and uh, uh, Rick are ex Second City. I also do uh, most of uh, Chris Guest's movies, and he lets us improvise our dialogue. And I work with Larry David, who plays father-in-law. He lets us make up our own dialogue. So. It's improvisation uh, going right through those two venues with Chris and Larry David. Now, you've also been a part of other films as well, um, you know, in other roles that people consider, you know, classics, like I said, like Sixteen Candles and many films like that. I guess, you know, looking back at the entire your entire career, because you still have so much more going on yet moving forward, I guess looking back at that... Um, you know, I, I, the films and the roles and the things that you've chosen um, and been just, you know, had the pleasure of being a part of, um, I guess, you know, when it comes to that uh, that cult following, that cult status of all these films, um, is it the kind of thing where you know, hey, you know, I, I left my mark and, you know, it's just there's that little bit of uh, movie magic that I know is going to be uh, living on, you know, for years. Well, that's why, even though most actors love the legitimate theater and having a live audience, there is something about leaving behind a, a handful of films, and I've done about 60 of them, that people can see at their own leisure now or a year from now or 10 or 20 years from now if they're playing. 
And uh, that's kind of a nice idea of leaving things behind. Now, uh, when it comes to, you know, moving forward, you know, we won't keep you too long. We know you're pretty busy and you're getting ready to head on out of the country. Um, I guess if there's one thing that you could leave for all of our Disney On Demand listeners, um, you know, from your entire career and, and all the fond memories and, you know, moving forward with all of your new projects, is there one little bit of, uh, I guess, nostalgia or, uh, I guess, uh, looking back or something that you could leave for our listeners as, you know what, this is the one thing that I just, looking back, I just really am proud of. Well, you haven't mentioned, yes, but it's a film called Breaking Away. And it was, it's 30 years old. And it starred uh, Dennis Quaid, among others, uh, Daniel Stern, Jack Carroll Haley, and myself. It's about a bicycle race, and it's become a cult classic. And that's the best acting I've ever had a chance to do, the best script I ever worked on. And uh, it's still playing on TV, and it's... Uh, it's a very popular film still, and the American Film Institute called it one of the ten best sports movies ever made, and uh, it's just still very, very popular, and that was a great part. And aside from that, I had three little things that are thrills of mine. They're not on my resume, but I worked with Al Pacino in a movie, which is a high point of my career. I uh, worked on a commercial with a famous silent movie comedian, Buster Keaton. I shook hands with Charlie Chaplin at a party in New York. And I made a comedy album with Muhammad Ali when his name was Cassius Clay. <laughs> now those it sounds are like monumental. a very old person. Oh no, definitely not. Those are moments that um, I guess I could only I could only live to uh, you know I would I would I would die to experience that you know especially with Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. I mean that's just uh, iconic figures themselves that you had to play. When I was very very young, those are guys I turned on to as a kind of adolescent. I saw some of their old movies, and I just, oh, my God, these guys are geniuses, and they were. Right, I mean, especially because with the limited, uh, you know, I guess film was early back then, and, you know, they really had to rely on, you know, soul, 100% talent, comedy, physical comedy, uh, and just really gain the uh, the trust of the audience, and they were... And by the same token, because there was no language barrier, those guys were famous in every country of the world, Africa, Japan, Russia, Norway, anywhere, Iceland. That's why Chaplin was the most famous person in the world during his heyday, and Keaton, too, for that matter. And Laurel and Hardy, when you think about it, because yeah. there's no language barrier. Right. Anybody can understand it. Well, you know, I won't keep you too much longer. I know that you're busy, and we appreciate the time that you stopped in with all of our listeners here. And, you know, uh, you know, congratulations on everything you've done so far. And definitely, uh, you know, looking forward to heading on overseas and uh, doing some stand-up roles at the Fringe Festival and having some fun there. So it was truly our honor to have you on. And, you know, well, it's my pleasure, and I have two grandsons. I have one grandson visiting from Massachusetts, and he's never been to Disneyland. He's 13. And I'm taking him down there and let him ride in Cars Land in the car named after me. That would be fantastic. See, that's, that's memorable. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's definitely a Kodak moment right there. That's coming up. Anyway, thank you. It's very nice talking to you. Thank you once again, and it was our pleasure having you on. All right, take care now.
clean and all his friends with the new Disney Pixar Cars Beatos. Make your designs, spray them with water, and display them in your very own Beatos Cars Super Speedway and bring all the action of Disney Cars to life. Good job! New Disney Pixar Cars Beatos in store now. Well, hello there. My name ain't Ernie no more. It's Ice. I mean, Larry Bagby. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Confirmed. Well, blow me down, gang. Hey, welcome back to the vault. It's been a while, and as you can kind of tell, it's uh, been spring cleaning around here, so it's kind of dusty within my voice, but that's okay. We're here still giving you every bit of that Disney magic that Disney movies can. Very fortunate to have with us Paul Dooley this week on Disney On Demand. What a great actor to have joining us. Yeah, we could have been driving our cars around, but you know... There's something about certain older films that always get us going here. And that one happens to be Popeye. Now, it is a film that most people don't think about when you readily think of a Disney movie. Partly because it was a joint collaboration between uh, Paramount Pictures and Disney. And it's not the first time this has happened before. We've seen it most recently with many of the uh, Japanese releases that you would see, like Kiki's Delivery Service. Or, in the most recent history, most people would remember that Pixar had their opportunity to be jointly distributed through Disney. And if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have the beautiful things that we have today. So without further ado, let's jump on into this fine feature film. As most people would probably think, Popeye is not one of those films in which is easy to go through. And the reason for that is, if you clinically look at the film, it's more of a bunch of comic strips strewn together. And, and that's really what Popeye is. Basic premise, Popeye the Sailor Man played by every Disney fanatic's friend, Robin Williams, swoons his way into Sweet Haven. Popeye's main objective here in Sweet Haven? To find his pappy. Well, and, and that's easy for, for him to do, right? Well, possibly not. Sweet Haven is actually one of those towns in which is uh, a little concern for its own good. Second plot point. Popeye meets the Oils. If anyone has ever read the comic strip, or watched the cartoons, and who really hasn't, anyone knows that Popeye is in love with Olive Oil. But not at the beginning of this film. She's actually engaged to Bluto. What an ironic twist. And actually, if you go back into the comic strip, she did have a thing for him for a while. Of course, we find out that Bluto, the main bad guy, has a lot to deal with the town. But we don't know right off the bat until much later do we find out that he is in cahoots with the mystery man, and that gets followed up later in the film. Fourth plot point, bring in the other important character, that being Sweepy. Now, this plot point is the, the pivotal point because it makes a lot of the movie move forward. So, we get Popeye to Sweet Haven. 
Popeye meets Olive Oil. We find out that Olive Oil is engaged to Bluto. This doesn't change Popeye's mind, but it kind of detours him into where he's going and what he needs to do. Now, each of these points that we've brought up all tie together. Popeye comes into Sweet Haven to find his father. Okay, he goes in, meets the oils, meets Olive Oil herself, and stays with them for a while. It's not until then do we discover that uh, Olive Oil is engaged to Bluto, and she is also actually wanting to not have this happen. Partly because she's becoming an independent woman. Once she makes her choice and her decision to leave, she goes out and leaves the party, and hopefully, probably, to leave Bluto. Is there upon leaving, does she meet up with Popeye, and they're both kind of concerned about what's going on. Why would I meet you here? What's going on? She's afraid he's going to say something. He's afraid she's going to figure something out. And that's kind of when the love interest begins amongst them. It's also between that time do we find out that uh, amongst a very interesting conversation about Sweet Haven, her life, his life, now we discover that Sweet Pea enters the life and he's just dropped off. Magic bird, baby. There he is. Upon returning to the house with the baby and both of them in hand, Bluto has already destroyed the house because he has not gotten his way. In doing so, has ruined pretty much everybody's lives. Because of Bluto's destructive behavior, the, the oil's house has been destroyed. They must learn to reevaluate, rebuild, but they need money. So in order to do that, Olive Oil's brother decides to go into a boxing match. Doesn't fare very well. But it is then also discovered that Sweet Pea has an innate gift to, de to depict the future. And in doing so, it is our friend Mr. Dooley, or shall I say Wimpy, who exploits that and uses it at the horse races. Infuriated, Olive Oil and Popeye go after him, still with no money in sight. Popeye and Olive Oil go about their days and live amongst the sea. Well, actually, on the pier, but that's okay. It is then that the tax collector, who has been hounding everyone in the, in the town for years, finally confronts Popeye in regards to many, many tax evasions. He's finally had it and socks him right where it, he needs it, right in his face, and he falls back into the sea. It is then that Sweet Haven finally embraces their new hero. But in doing so, Olive Oil and Sweet Pea are kidnapped. And who better to have kidnapped him? But yes, Bluto. In kidnapping Sweet Pea, we have soon learned to discover that it is the mystery man that holds everything together in Sweet Haven, Popeye's father, that has gone about to look for the treasure. Popeye finally discovers where Olive Oil is, where Sweet Pea is. They go in, thanks to the help of Wimpy, come in, save the day, with a great fight scene at the end. Very memorable in regards to a, a cartoon fight type of flair, thus ending our fine film. Now, most people would look at, at, at Popeye as one of these films that are like, why was it ever made? Well, you have to look at Popeye in, in regards as a a story that is, again, like we said earlier, a comic strip come to life. These are the early days of comic books and comic strips 
coming to the feature film. We had a very great successful run on something called Superman a few years back, but it was only those major characters that really got the big push. It was Popeye that came back in the early 80s that took the idea of a comic strip, made it into a movie, and may not have done it successfully, but it sure does make for a great film to sit and really kind of enjoy in a humorous sense. You have everything that makes the comic book the comic book. Everyone looks the part, everything feels the same, but it's not this cohesive story of linear ABC that gets you to where it is. I think a lot of people get hung up on the fact that it is not a, a mind-blowing getting to the heart of who Popeye is, who olive oil is. That's not what was meant to happen back then. It was a fun film taking a comic strip and making it into a film. The same can be said for many comic strip films up until the late the late 90s really when people started to see that comic books and comic strips could be made into a real film another film that I think falls into this category is Dick Tracy yet another one of my favorite Disney films it again takes an idea of a comic strip that was very quirky and very comical and had a very unique feel and sense went onto the screen doing that if exact thing, taking a noir look, color, look, sense, and feel, and putting it on the screen. The difficulty to that is, is that there are so many complexities to it that to be able to wrap it into one story is very, very difficult. And that's where something like Dick Tracy, as well as something like Popeye, kind of fail, but makes for a great film. I don't want anyone to think any different. The great thing about Popeye as well is has, it has very memorable story, uh, songs within it. The song points are those moments where you get those key elements that make Popeye Popeye. His catchphrases, the ideas of strength, the ideas of who he is, and it's really the songs that take you to the next point into the story. Uh, he's large from uh, olive oil standpoint, trying to explain who Bluto is. It's an exposition area. Um, I am what I am. Really explains that motto of Popeye to the audience via a wonderful song and dance number. So you have these wonderful elements, but I think it gets lost because it comes in a time frame when comic book stories were not really ready to be explained with or within our area of uh, moviedom at the time. Were it to come now, it would probably look even more comical. But then again, we've had a lot of attempts at other, ch at other comic books. Tintin was one that just came out recently that was not a Disney film, but was, a, again, a comic strip that was moved into a movie. And, of course, you've seen many DC and Marvel heroes coming into that foray. And I think Disney's got a great means to move comic books forward with, with the Marvel handshake, so we can only hope to see what we get from that point. All in all, I have to give this a double rating. And I know that sounds odd when we come in here into the vault. On a personal rating, this movie could rank a 7 out of 5 stars, to be honest to me. It has a personal tie to me so greatly that I, I can't 
not give it anything higher than that. But on a person, that's just a personal level. On a clinical and and analytical level, I have to give it a, a, only a three star on this. It's not the greatest when it comes to dialogue. It's not the greatest when it comes to cinematography. But it is a great film to sit down. It is a great family film that you can sit, watch down, and enjoy with anyone in in the family. Well, I see that the curtains come, the popcorn's low, and the curtains coming down. So it could only mean one thing: our groovy movie quiz. We've been asking these for quite some time, so come on down to the Facebook. That's facebook.com/disneyvault. Drop me a note, or you can join us on the on the website at disradio.com. Real simple to do. Today's topic, of course, is what makes us strong. Popeye was one of those people who has always been shown strong. Hey, he's strong to the finish because he eats his spinach. And quite frankly, with this voice the way it is, I should have been eating my spinach long ago. But the fact of the matter is this. What makes you strong? To him, it was obviously something very innate, which was the spinach. But if you looked at it, actually, it was those around him that made him stronger. It was olive oils. It's his care for olive oil that made him strong. It made him, his friends, wimpy, the oils, even the, even the professor and those around him made him strong internally. It was his search for his father that made him strong. So I have to ask to you, what makes you strong? You could always do the traditional hashtag Popeye Strength at uh, at Jerome Friends on Twitter. You can join me again once again at Facebook.com/slash/DisneyVault, or you can join us at DisRadio.com. Easy places to get it all that information to us and we'll get your information on the next podcast so now it's time to say goodbye to you and all my friends i'm glad that you could join us once again for again a personal favorite here from the vault so we will come back next week as we start our halloween edition and boy will we have some fun ones to get through so i'm gonna have to clean the back out dust off those cobwebs and find some great scary films for all of us to enjoy here from the vault and remember the magic of disney movies is always inside of us he's a man's man he's a ladies man he's a family man he's a sailor man Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall in the eye-popping entertainment of the year, Popeye, rated PG. Now playing at the Edgewater Jumpers, Patterson, Towson, and Westview Theaters. Well now, ain't this an elegant neighborhood? All the residents dress so fine. One day off the boat am I with a job that's nearly mine. Tis a job with an elegant millionaire and his elegant family. Today I move from immigrant to high society. Now you may call that luck, and you may call it fortune, but me, myself, I call it fortuosity. That's me by word. Fortuosity for me, a twinkle in the eye word. Sometimes castles fall to the ground. 
But that's where folly clovers abound Fortuosity, lucky chances Fortuitious little happy happenstances Everywhere I see That every bit of life Is lit by property close the park down on another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. I hope all of you D-heads out there enjoyed our show, had a little bit of magic, memories, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to our very special guest, Paul Dooley, the man with an entire career that has spanned so many generations, so many memorable roles. It was truly an honor speaking with you this week, and thank you for taking the time to stop in and talk to all of our listeners here at Disney On Demand. Also, all of you D-heads, I could not do this show without the help of the D-team. Tony, Jason, Lexi, thank you once again for all of your continued effort in helping bring all the magic and the memories alive for everybody within the Disney community here at Disney On Demand. Thank you once again for that, all of you D-team. So, all of you D-heads, as we're wrapping up this week's show for show number 21, there's all kinds of fun things that are lined up next week, and I'm not going to clue you in yet, so before I do that, I'm going to give you all the logistics, as always, and all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. Now, first and foremost, you can always find us on our official website, where you can find our archives, our past shows, get connected, leave a voicemail on the Magical Memories Hotline, and more at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find all the different things that we have there, including our archives of all of our past shows and our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can listen over 300 plus television specials, movies, and more right there on the homepage. And once again, that's at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. Now, also, you can always find us on all the different social media outlets. Why not, right? We always want to stay connected. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash DisneyBlue. You can find us on Instagram. You can also like our official page on Facebook at facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand. You can also chat with me pretty much Monday through Friday, all throughout the business day if you get bored, on AOL Instant Messenger at Disney Blue, or also on Skype at Disney Blue. So drop me a line, let's chit-chat, let's talk about Disney and all kinds of fun. So find us in all these different social media outlets all throughout the entire week, and you can find all these links and all the information once again on our official website at DizRadio.com. So definitely spread the word, and if you do like our show, definitely help us out and leave us some feedback in the iTunes store. It truly is appreciated if you could just give us a couple of kind words and, uh, you know, help spread the word of Disney On Demand. It truly would be a, a help, and it would really help out the show in spreading the magic and the cheer that we're trying to bring you and reliving these magical memories every single week. So, all of you D-heads, as we're wrapping up the show here this week, I know you're wondering what are we going to do next week for show number 22. Well, October has finally arrived by then. It is my season. It is Halloween. It is the season that I love more than anything. So how are we going to do it? We are going to have a month-long celebration here at Disney On Demand with all varieties of different Halloween-themed shows with special guests all month long. And to kick it off next week for show number 22, we're going to have Ken Page. Yes, Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ken Page is going to be stopping in, talking about coming up with the voice of Oogie Boogie, voicing him in the parks, and also playing in such memorable roles as Cats on Broadway and many other things. So stay tuned next week as we officially kick off our not-so-scary Halloween editions all month long here at Disney On Demand, kicking it off with the one and only Ken Page, Oogie Boogie himself. So all of you D-heads, as I keep on rambling, I am just going to let you go. I hope you enjoyed this installment once again. Definitely find us all over the social media outlets, our Facebook page, a variety of different places, and interact. We do this show for you. I do love the emails. You know, I, I just love doing this show for you and bringing that magic to you because Disney goes beyond just the parks. It's the movies. It's the television. It's in your homes. Disney is part of our lives, and we pass it down from generation to generation. And what better way to do that than encompass it in one show? And that's what I hope to bring you, that little bit of a smile, that little bit of a break, and two hours of relaxation while you're sitting in your cubicle at work or just hanging out at home. So thank you for that honor of bringing these shows to you. So all of you D-heads, I will quit rambling. I'm going to let you go this week. So hang in there. Have a magical week. I'll catch you up on all the social media outlets, and uh, I'm preparing for Halloween. So until next week, D-heads, catch you later.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.